Would you turn this evening to Luke, the 14th chapter, Luke chapter 14. And we want to continue on in our study of uh, receiving and ministering healing. I believe this is our uh, 16th case that we'll study tonight. And uh, if you haven't been with us, tapes are available of the other cases. And uh, this is something that everybody ought to be interested in because we live in a physical body. And uh, the curse is in the earth. And I mean, there's enough stuff in the air to kill you a thousand times over. There's enough stuff in the water you drink. There's enough stuff in the food you eat. There's enough stuff floating around in your body to take you out. But God's power is greater. Amen. His keeping power is greater. And if we'll live not in fear, but in faith. We can live a long, full life and be healthy. Amen. Amen. Because the Lord is able to keep us. Able to keep us physically. How many believe that? He's able to keep you. And it is His will to keep you physically. I said, well, I know somebody, a good Christian, and they died early. Well, what does that prove? (laughs) I know somebody, and they prayed that the Lord would heal them, and they, they didn't get healed. They died. What does that prove? What are you saying? You're trying to say it's not always his will. How does that prove the will of God? I know people who died without Jesus. Does that prove it's not always God's will to save? No, no. You you mustn't try to ascertain the will of God by somebody's experience or somebody's lack of experience. Especially somebody's failure or failure to receive. The will of God should be gotten from the Word of God, which does not change. Amen? Amen. How many believe if it's in the Bible, it's the will of God? Yeah. So we begun some weeks ago looking at the cases of people who were healed in Jesus' ministry, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There are only about 19 of those. I say about 19 because it depends on what you count and what you don't count. But you say, well, boy, it seemed like a lot more people that got healed. Well, they did. Thousands and thousands were healed. But there's only about 19 where we're told who the person was, what was wrong with them, what they asked of Jesus, what he said to them, how he ministered to them, and how they received. And how many believe that these things are not just historical accounts, but they're given to teach us how things work? And if it would work for them, it'll work for us. Right? And if Jesus would do this for them that way, he'd do it for us this way too. Because he's no respecter of persons. He never changes. Right? Right. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. So everything that we read that Jesus said and did is a direct revelation Of the will of God for all men for all time. So I think it's a good idea. I hope you agree. That you get in the Bible. And you find out what he said. Amen. And you take what he said. And you put into practice what he said. And if somebody else said something different. You forget what they said. If you thought something different. You forget what you thought. Because he's right. And anybody who disagrees with him. Is wrong. I don't care. How how many degrees they have behind their name. I don't care how big a church or ministry they got. If they disagree with this, they're wrong. Brother Hagin, who went home to be with the Lord recently, and I know he's having a high heel time. (laughs) He said one time a fellow came to him and, and, you know, was disagreeing with him about something. And he he showed him the verse. He said, yeah, but, you know, the scripture says this. And the fellow said, well, I'm, I'm way on out beyond that thing. Well, he's too far out for me. Is that right? If he, and he's too far out for God. Right? Because it doesn't get any better than this. And you don't refer to the Bible, the Holy Word, as that thing. Right? I mean, that shows vast problems right there. But I believe you respect the Word. I believe you love the Word. Amen? So let's get to it again tonight. And let's study 
I guess this is our, what did I say, 16th case of healing that we will have studied now called the healing of the man with dropsy. The healing of the man with, somebody say what? Dropsy. (laughs) What is dropsy? Well, I'm going to tell you in just a minute. But you wouldn't have to know too much about it to know you don't want it. Right? If somebody said, would you like the dropsy? You say, no, I don't think so. No. No. No dropsy for me. Luke 14. Thank you, Lord. Luke 14. And this is only recorded in Luke. Which is unusual because most of the time... The ones in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are also recorded in one or two of the other. But only in Luke this time. In Luke 14, we'll read it, and then we'll, like we usually do, go back and begin to look at it a verse, phrase at a time. Luke 14, and verse 1. Let's pray before we read. Father, we thank you for your holy written word. Your word is life to us. It's health and medicine to all our flesh. You do enlighten us with it. We reverence it. Give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. Give us a heart open and receptive. Thank you for the great mighty Holy Spirit whom you've sent to indwell us and to be our guide and to be our teacher. We reverence and respect him tonight and we open our hearts wide to him and we say teach us and minister to us. And we will hear and we will receive. And we will not, by your grace, we'll not be hearers only. We'll be doers. And we know as we do and practice the word, we are sure to be blessed. For you are faithful to watch over your word and perform it in our lives. Get glory to yourself in our spirit and in our bodies, which are yours. Amen. Luke 14, verse 1. And it came to pass... As he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day, that they watched him. And behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. (laughs) Doesn't sound good. And And Jesus answering spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And they held their peace. And he took him and healed him and let him go. That sounds good. And answered them saying, Which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him again to these things. How many believe it happened just like that? There was a man there that had the dropsy, whatever that is, and Jesus healed him, and he left that place dropsy-less. He left that place dropsy-free, right? Those folks say, well, Brother Keith, you're making fun of the man. No, I'm not. But listen, there is a difference between the condition and the person. We, we, we ought to understand this. People get in trouble because they have too much respect for disease. Did you hear me? Too much. I mean, people talk about certain diseases in hushed tones, don't they? What is it? Cancer. Kind of nod that no one look like. <laughs> like that curtains, man. It's that, you know. Well, what are we saying? Oh, great and mighty cancer. Hmm? Great and terrible cancer. Might as well sing, great and mighty are you. Cancer. I know you think this is funny, but hey, people do this, don't they? Oh, it's, it's, it's AIDS. Yeah, everybody not, you'd kind of bow their head in a moment of reverence. No, what is AIDS? AIDS is nothing before God. Did you hear me? What is cancer? Is God scared of cancer? Are you kidding? 
I don't care if a body's destroyed from top to bottom with cancer. God's power can flow through it. Recreate tissue cells. He can replace or he's done it. Replace organs. He made the body. He can recreate parts if need be. If you can believe it. You say, well, I don't know about that. Then for you it won't happen. But that doesn't mean it can't happen for others. And if you believe it can happen for you. Got to be a believer. Right? Got to be a believer. These signs follow who? Them, them that believe. Not them that doubt, scoff, and skeptic. Intellectualize, rationalize. Well, it's not logical. Well, do without them. Well, I just don't believe that's for us nowadays. Well, do without. But don't be mad at us because we believe it. Amen. We're not going to be mad at you. It's sad that you're going to miss out. But these things happen for believers. By very right of what we are, Christians believe in miracles. Right? You cannot be a Christian unless you believe in miracles. The virgin birth is a miracle. Huh? Jesus being raised from the dead is a miracle. You have to believe that to even be born again. Do you understand that there are myriads of scholars and and I don't know how many hundreds of thousands, maybe more, millions perhaps of Christians who don't believe in the virgin birth? Now, I I shouldn't say Christians, so-called Christians. Because if you don't believe in the virgin birth, you are not saved. No, you're not. If you don't believe in a literal, physical resurrection of the Lord Jesus, you are lost. And so, well, are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, some things we can be open up. You don't believe in healing? Okay, you can get to heaven not believe in healing. You don't believe in prosperity? You can get to heaven not believe in it. You don't believe in talking in tongues? You can get to heaven not believing in that. But you can't doubt the virgin birth and doubt the physical resurrection of the Lord and even be saved. No. But those are miracles, aren't they? How's a woman conceive and carry and bear a child with no natural father? It's a miracle, but I believe it. How many in here believe it with me? I believe it just like it says it. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. (laughs) Was Jesus really, really dead in the tomb? Yeah, he was dead. Dead for days. Right? Cold, stiff. Dead, yes. But is there a body in a tomb anywhere of Jesus? No. No. Why? Because that body was literally, physically raised from the dead. That body is not on earth. That body is seated at the right hand of majesty. A man is seated at the right hand. Amen. The man. Christ Jesus. Anybody believe it besides me? Well, then you already believe in miracles. If you believe in that, why can't you believe God could fix your liver? Why can't you believe God could bring some money to you? Huh? If he can do that, this other stuff is little stuff. Right? Tiny stuff beside that. Well, let's get to our story, huh? Let's get this man loosed from this dropsy. It came to pass, as Jesus went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees. This is a head, not just a Pharisee, big chief Pharisee. Big dog. To eat. Now, now why, why is he there? To have a Bible study? No. Have a service? No. Mm-mm. He's there to what? Eat. He's there to eat. And he's there eating a meal on the Sabbath day. And they watched him. (laughs) And you get to walking with God, people will watch you too. And they weren't watching him in good expectation. They were watching him negatively to see what they could find fault with. And that's a sad thing, but that's the way it was. 
One of the ruling chief Pharisees, Jesus went to his house. Obviously, the man had invited him. But you know, people don't always invite you with proper motive. You know, sometimes people, uh, they invite you, but they want something out of you. Or they want to find fault. And it, this happened with Jesus numerous times. People invited him for meals or to come see him, but they're wanting to find something that they can go tell on him. Let, let me give you a real piece of advice here. If people talk about other people to you, they will talk about you <laughs> to other people. Huh? If they invite you and feed you fried chicken and Mashed potatoes, homemade rolls, sweet potato pie, and whatever. And in the midst, they start telling you, did you hear about so-and-so? Did you know about so-and-so? And they tell you and disclose secret information. Now, you know, no, don't nobody know this, and so don't tell anybody. But, and they tell you, you, you need to be making a mental note. Huh? What note should you be making? Don't tell them anything because if they'll tell their secrets to me, they'll tell my secrets to them or somebody else. And there are folk that that's, that's half of what they live for is to find out stuff that very few or nobody else knows so they can go tell it. To find fault. That is ungodly, isn't it? That's not Christian. That's not right. And so they, they invited Jesus, not because they, they loved him or they, they respected the ministry, but Jesus was led to go. Would the Lord lead you to go to a place where people don't like you? He did in this case, yeah. Where people would find fault with you? We've had the Lord do with us, actually send us to places where he knew before he sent us they weren't going to receive our ministry. They weren't going to receive what we were going to teach. So I said, well, surely the Lord wouldn't lead you. He did. And when I questioned him about it later, I said, now, Lord, because it didn't go too good, you know. I said, Lord, you knew. You know everything. You knew before you sent us over there, they weren't going to receive us. And so did I miss you? And he dealt with, I don't mean I heard a voice, but he very clearly, he ministered to my heart. He said, no. He said, I knew they weren't going to receive it. And I sent you. I said, why? He said, because they're going, later on, things, he said, things are not going to go good for them. And then they're going to get up here with me and they're going to say, why did you let this happen? And he's going to say, I sent people to you. And I told you. But you didn't receive it. Did you hear me? And he will be righteous. And nobody ever will be able to stand up and go, Lord, you didn't help me. Why didn't you? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. But they didn't receive it. A lot of things like this go on. He sent Jesus to these people that didn't believe in him. That's trying to find fault. I think if for no other reason, a man got healed here. There was somebody that wasn't there just trying to find fault. It was the dropsy man. You get real sick. You don't care about theology no more. I mean, I'm talking about you. You get real down and real hurt. Forget about all these theories. I got to get help. Help's what I want. I don't want to argue about the scripture. I don't want to find fault with nobody. I want to get healed. So for no other reason. How many know there was a lot more reason than this? We have recorded forever this wonderful happening and how it happened. So the Lord was in the right place at the right time. We know that. So he's sitting there eating, and these people are watching him. One translation says they were watching him closely. I guess they were watching him chew his food. The words there indicate that. They were watching him intently. So, you know, he's chewing his food and swallowing, and looks over, and they're looking at him. He's like, yeah, it's fine. It's just all right. Eating. And... uh why are they watching? We, we've seen this before in other cases. They're watching that they might find an accusation. This language is used more than one place. Now, this is interesting. 
If some Christians just had as much faith in this area as, as these unbelieving skeptics, they'd be healed. Because they were convinced Jesus was going to do something. Weren't they? They were expecting it. Now that, to them it was negative. But they saw this sick man in the bunch and it's the Sabbath day. And they're punching each other going, watch it, watch it. He's going to do it. You just watch. It's on the Sabbath day. That's faith. <laughs> they're expecting a hit. Not for them now. They don't have faith for their self to be healed. But how many understand what a simple faith that is? Two plus two equals four. Sick man in the room plus Jesus equals healing tonight. Is that right? <laughs> well, is, is there a healer in the house tonight? Is he? If he's as real to us by faith. As just to these unbelieving Pharisees. We can say, hey, sick folk in the house, Jesus in the house, healing tonight. Healing tonight. It's not hard. It's easy. If you believe. If you believe. So it says that they're watching him, I guess, swallow his food. Watching every move he makes, every word he says. That's not fun. We've been in those kind of situations before, too. Makes you want to leave right now. People are watching to see what you're going to say. But Jesus was cool. Everybody say Jesus was cool. Oh, he was very, very cool. He was just sitting there. So what if they got a problem with me? I'm here to do the Father's will. And when you get delivered from always trying to please everybody... You become cooler. You do. When God is real to you. And it's real that you are hearing him. And doing his will. Then you're not on pins and needles. About what everybody might think. Or or, you know. If you're pleasing him. And the other folk don't like it. Well. Tough. Because. They got to. They ought to take it up with him. If God's happy with me. That's the most important thing. If he's happy with you, that's the most important thing. And there is something that goes on here. Didn't the scripture say, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. But when you please God, even people that don't like you. We've seen this before. I've seen it with other people and with ourselves. I'm thinking of a man right now. This fellow came and gave him a huge offering. Big. And he said, you know, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't even like you. He told him that. He said, I'm sorry, but I don't even like to hear you. I just don't like you, but here. Why would he do that? When a man's ways please the Lord, he'll make even people that don't like him come around and do things for him. Even his enemies to be at peace with him. Well, they're watching him. And verse uh, 2 Behold, there was a certain man before him which had that dreaded disease, the dropsy. Well, now, it is a serious problem. It's what we'd call, uh, the, some uh, dictionaries say that it is an obsolete term for generalized edema, which it has to do with swelling. It has to do with tissue retaining and containing excessive amounts of fluid. And you may have seen people, or you may have had a problem. I've seen people where their ankles or their legs just swell up, you know, 10 times, 20 times more their size. Well, what's happening? That's not just all flesh. That's fluid. And that can be crippling. And it can be serious. That this That's what this man had. Did you know that that is part of the curse of the law? Do you know that? Maybe sometime the Lord will lead us that way. We'll do it. We'll do a study. It's interesting. If you go back to Deuteronomy 28 and you'll take different translations of the word, you'll see that there are all kinds of conditions that you'd recognize today that are mentioned in this passage that Galatians 3 says we've been redeemed from. And I believe it's, uh, it's Deuteronomy 28, 27. 
You don't have to look at it right now, but in Deuteronomy 28, 27, and also verse 35, it talks about that included in the curse of the law, one translation brings out, is swelling. And in verse 35, it talks about problems in the knees and problems in the legs. What's the good news about that? Galatians 3.13 says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. And I think maybe sometime we'll just, we'll make a study of that. We'll just go, you think that'd be a good idea? And go back there and just camp on it, find out what we've been redeemed from. But it doesn't stop. There's many things listed in that chapter, but at the end of it, it says also every sickness and every disease that's not mentioned, not named, is part of the curse of the law. And we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. So everybody say it out loud. I've been redeemed from swelling. I've been redeemed from problems in the knees, in the ankles, in the feet, in the legs. I've been redeemed from dropsy. You have. You have. Yeah, this is a, this is a bad condition. Now that we describe it, I'm sure you, you may have known of people or you may have had some, some of these problems yourself. But another definition says that it is a, an abnormal accumulation of fluid in the body's connective tissue. And this accumulation causes swelling. So the body's retaining fluids and body parts are swelling up. And particularly lower extremities like the leg and ankles and knees and that kind of thing can just swell up. I had an aunt that, uh, bless her heart, man, I mean, her, her legs and feet swelled until they were just huge, gigantic, and it just caused her terrible pain. Is that the will of God for anybody? It's never been the will of God. Did you hear me? Never, never has that been the will of God for anybody. And what happens when Jesus finds a man in this condition in front of him? Next thing we know, the man is healed. What does that mean? Well, his uh, limbs obviously went down. The swelling went down and went away. And all this excess fluid was removed. And he was healed and normal and no more problems. How many believe this is not a fairy tale? This happened. This man had this condition and he was healed. Well, has Jesus changed? Has his will changed? Then would he heal somebody of these kind of things today? Yes, Yes, he would. Yes, answer is yes, yes, yes. Keep reading. This man had this condition. He had dropsy. He had this swelling and, and, and retaining enormous amounts of fluid. All the strain that that puts on the pain that that causes. And, uh, This man was before him. Other translations bring out that he was right in front of him. When you got to remember, they're not having a meeting. What are they doing? They're they're having a meal at this man's house. So this man might have been across the table from him. But the, the Greek implies he was right in front of him. I believe it bothered Jesus to sit there and eat and see this man in this condition. Do you? And... Though nothing was said initially, this is in the air. He's eating his lamb, his mashed potatoes, whatever it is, his bread, and he's and they they, they probably saw him look at this man once in a while. Look at his swelled feet and legs. Then he'd look at them. They'd look at each other and elbow each other and go, watch him, just watch him. He's going to heal on the Sabbath day. How many have been in a situation before where everybody's thinking it, but ain't nobody said anything? And it must have been that way. And finally, Jesus just says it. He just says it. What did he say? How about it, guys? Now, he's sitting, this guy is right in front of him. And this is not a hidden problem. Everybody can see this man's physical problem. Limbs swelled many times their size. Everybody knows what he's talking about. So he looks at them. He says, uh, gentlemen, is it lawful to heal people on the Sabbath day? 
this is what, <laughs> this was the deal. This is a big deal. <laughs> I mean, Jesus would just wade right into it, wouldn't he? I mean, he just, he, you know, he could have been very polite, you know, and went through the meal. Thank you for having us over. Catch the guy on his way out and said, you know, come see me tomorrow after that. And, and not violated in their mind the Sabbath thing. But no, he didn't do that. He just right out loud goes, what about healing on the Sabbath day? Is that good or bad? Oh, boy. I bet you could have cut the tension in there with a knife, man. They are boring holes in him now, like blasphemer. He said, I want to know. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? Now, here's their grand opportunity. They're theologians. Strangely enough, nobody's got anything to say. Nobody. They held their peace. So right in the middle of them, he says, come here. In this man's house, they're all glaring at him. He said, you. Me, man with the drop seat. Yeah, yeah, come here. Because it said he took him. And other uh, translations bring out, the, the implication is that he took hold of him. So uh, probably he laid hands on him in some shape, form, or fashion. You don't have to lay your palm on somebody's forehead to lay hands on somebody. It didn't say lay the palm on the forehead. <laughs> Believers would lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. Brother Hagen, before he went home to be with the Lord, he was telling Phyllis and myself that he had, he was out at Luby's, which he enjoyed Luby's. <laughs> it was always an interest because he found out Phyllis wasn't as keen on Luby's as he was. And so every time we passed the Luby's, he said, hey, there's a Luby's. Let's go. And then he'd look at me and wink, you know, and because he knew Phyllis was going, oh, okay, all right. A, a man saw him. And wanted to speak to him as he walked out. And he stood there and put his hand on this man. And just talked to him for a minute. And the man was healed of a condition he had had for decades. No prayer. Nothing. He just put his hand. Just talking to him about eating at Luby's, you know. But that is laying on of hands. Isn't it? Sometimes people get too technical and actually get weird about some stuff. But let's just stay with what the Bible said. Sure, laying your palm on somebody's forehead is laying on the hands, but it's not limited to that. Took him. Said he took him, and what happened next? He took him and healed him. And the word here means to serve as an attendant. So he served healing to him. He served it to him. Or we'd say, we'd probably use the word minister. He ministered healing to him, but what does that word mean? Well, by faith, he believed healing would come into him. Now, this is another case of a spirit-initiated healing. Do you see this? Jesus is not preaching the word. He's not teaching the word. So the man's not hearing, they're not hearing anything to give them faith. Not a word is said about the man believing. Not a word is said about the man receiving, right? It said Jesus took him, Jesus healed him. Jesus took him and ministered healing to him. Didn't he? So this man was not healed on his own faith. Now the majority of the cases we've studied, I think we've, we've, this is number 16, and I think we have seen, um, has it been like 12 or so? We'll get, we'll make sure the count is exact when we get through. But their faith was the determining factor, and this is like number three or four. Depending, is it three? So then it would be uh, 13 by faith and three now spirit initiated. Faith initiated versus spirit, Holy Spirit initiated. Now, this is exciting because 13 to three, and we're not through. What does that tell you? Most of the time, people are going to be healed through their faith, Right? Some special things happen. 
But most of the time, people are going to be healed through their faith. Well, what does faith initiated mean? It means man initiated. Now, if this sounds strange to you, or if you think you don't believe it, don't turn this loose till you get this settled. Everybody say it out loud. I know it may sound strange to your ears. Man initiated. Or versus what are we talking about? Spirit. The man didn't initiate it. The Holy Spirit did through Jesus on this occasion. Can you initiate a healing? Or do you have to wait for God to initiate it in your life? No, the good news is you can initiate a healing. You don't, you don't have to wait on some special feeling or some vision or some voice. You can by faith lay hold on healing for your body because you decided to. Because it is God's will. And it's available to you. Right? Now if you don't believe that, please, don't take my word for it. Search it out because you're going to be spiritually limited severely until you get this settled and get get this in your heart that you can initiate some things. People try to leave everything up to God and it's a huge mistake because you can't leave up to Him what He's left up to you. Well, I'm waiting on God. So many people think they're waiting on God. And it's not true. He's waiting on them. Been waiting on them. You ever played checkers before? Or chess or, or, or a game, you know, like that, and maybe, you know, you moved and the other person moved and you moved and the other person moved and maybe the other person's taking a long time to move. And, and so, uh, you know, for you looked off or something and you're not paying attention and you look back and you just sit there and you just sit there. And after a while you go, hey, you know, move already. And they say, I already moved. You thought you were waiting on them, but you weren't. This is the case of many, 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 many Christians. Think they're waiting on God. And and they're not. He's waiting on us. He's already moved. He moved at the cross. Everybody say what a move. (laughs) He took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. Amen. He has moved. Now it's our move. We know that with the new birth, don't we? Can sinners really say they're waiting on God to save them? No, they can't. He's already moved. Price has already been paid for their sins. No, it's their move. And this is the way it is with many things. Keep reading. He took, it said they held their peace. Jesus took him and healed him and let him go. And he looked at them now. How many believe this guy's happy? <laughs> he don't care what these Pharisees think. <laughs> he actually, it says, you know, he took him. And he healed him and let him go. Another translation says he dismissed him. Another one said, you know, he, he sent him away. He might have said, now you, you better leave now. It's going to get rough in here now. <laughs> and he doesn't need to hear their unbelief and why they think it's not okay. He needs, now, you know, he didn't get this by faith, but he better get in faith about keeping it. So he says, no, you leave now. Bye. He finally said, thank you. And he's gone out the door. And now it's quiet. Painfully quiet. And Jesus just speaks up. He looks at him and says, listen. Which one of you that have a donkey or a cow? And if he falls in the pit, will you not immediately... Pull him out on the Sabbath day. Hmm? Now this is the second time that we've seen this exact illustration concerning healing. We saw it in Matthew 12 with the healing of the man with the withered hand. He said, uh, if you had a sheep that fell into the ditch or the pit, wouldn't you pull him out? We're going to see it again before we get through of our study. Actually, we may see it next week. We'll see. But it appears another time, three times in these accounts, Jesus uses this same illustration. Three different healings, same illustration. If the cow was in a ditch, wouldn't you pull them out on the Sabbath day? Of course they would. Of course they would. They knew it. 
What's that got to do with, with a person being healed? To Jesus, it's got everything to do with it. This is an illustration that he used. How many know he's right? What does the donkey represent? Huh? A sick person. What does the pit represent? Did Jesus call sickness the pits? Does the pit represent sickness? Does God want you in the pit? Now, you know, this this seems almost too simple, but do you realize millions of Christians don't believe this? Millions of Christians don't believe this. They believe that sometimes it's God's will to heal, and sometimes it's not. And you just never know. Right? How many of you have met somebody that believes that? See, hands everywhere. Well, would they though, if they if they ever want to talk to you about it? Don't don't argue now. But if they're ever interested and they want to talk to you about it, and they especially if they got a pet, a dog or a cat, same thing. You say if Fido fell down the well, <laughs> would you kneel by the well and go, Oh Lord, is it your will? To get Fido out of the well. Maybe you put Fido in the well. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe you have a purpose. Now say people say, oh, you better watch it. No, you better watch it. I'm quoting Jesus. Do we want to think like Jesus? Our unbelieving Pharisees. Then would you kneel down and go, Lord, my cat Smokey has fell down the well. I hear him yawing. Yow, yow. I hear him splashing. But I don't want to go against your will. Maybe it's not your will for me to get Smokey out of the well. Maybe you're teaching Smokey a lesson. You're laughing, but do you understand that millions and millions of Christians do that? They believe it. Oh, they'll fight you over this. Oh, don't you presume to know the will of God? Well, then why don't you do that with your pet then? Pooch got tangled up in some wire in the backyard. And you go out and go, Poochie? I'm sorry, but let's pray. (laughs) Lord, is it your will for me to get Poochie loose? He sure looks uncomfortable. But I don't want to go against your will. Maybe you're working something out in Poochie. Maybe you, you want me to leave him here a few days. And come back. I mean, they'll turn you into the uh, Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, right? And yet these same people, they would treat you like a criminal for letting your dog stay in a ditch overnight. Stand up in church and say they're not sure if it's God's will to heal their baby or not. And Jesus said this in Matthew 12, how much better is a man than a sheep? Now these are the words of Jesus. We can believe unscriptural theology, we can believe what men say, or we can believe Jesus. Jesus compares healing of a human being to pulling an animal out of a pit. Getting them out of distress. You don't pray about getting the cow out of the ditch. You get the, everybody knows it's got any sense. The cow does not need to be in the ditch. Right? Right. Anybody with any smarts knows Poochie does not need to be tangled up in the wire. 
get poochy, don't call a prayer meeting, don't fast, don't call the hotline, get the wire cutters and go straight and get poochy out the wire. Right? Anybody with any smarts knows you don't wait on God overnight while Smokey is in the well. Smokey may not last overnight. Get Smokey out of the well. Now, I know it sounds humorous, but am I not expounding on what Jesus said when Jesus looked at these unbelieving people and he said, now come on, which one of you? You got a donkey, you got a cow, they fall in a pit. Which one of you will not immediately, you won't pray about it, you won't debate about it, immediately you'll go get your cow out of the ditch, you'll go get your donkey, and you will do it on the Sabbath day. And what's, what'd they say back to him? Read it. What'd they say? What's it say? They can't. Why? Because their hypocrisy was revealed. I said their hypocrisy was revealed. Thank God the same spirit that, that Jesus ministered by has been given to us. And he told us, he said, I will give you a mouth and wisdom that all your adversaries cannot gainsay nor resist. And that's what he was doing right here, wasn't he? I mean, they, they didn't have anything to say about that. But you know, they still didn't receive it. It's time to hit the altar. Do you understand that? It's time for them to come up a crying and sobbing and asking him to forgive them. Isn't it? We're sorry. We have been so ignorant and we've been so blind. It takes a devil influenced mind to be upset when somebody that's hurting got delivered. Doesn't it? It takes a darkened, confused mind for somebody to hear. Boy, I went over to that Faith Life Church and I got healed. God set me free. And they go, oh, you better not go over there. Well, you know, you don't have to agree with everything we say and, 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 and like that. But if, if you know somebody was sick and you know that they're healed now, why would you be anything but glad? Yes, amen. Why? Why? If you love them and they were hurting and now they're not, why would you be anything except elated? Right? But these people were not. And many today. Thank God. The Lord's enlightened us. Thank God we know we have a healer. And we don't have to pray and fast to see if it's going to be God's will to heal us or not. It is the will of God to heal everybody. Just like it's the will of God for everybody to be saved. Everybody. Say it out loud if you believe it. If you don't believe it, well, stay with it till you get it straight. But if you do, say it out loud. I believe, I believe. it is God's will. To heal, me. to heal me. Amen. Amen. I believe it. I believe it. How much better is a man or a woman than a sheep or a cow or a donkey? And that's what Jesus used to teach to explain why he straightway ministered to this man and got him set free on the Sabbath day. And they could not answer him again to these things. Go with me to... Uh, the book of Hebrews. Now here, here is the thing. That these men were saying. And that vast parts of the body of Christ are saying today. They were saying. They weren't even saying. You can't be healed. Were they? What were they saying? Not today. Right? Not today. They weren't saying God can't heal. No. They were saying it's not for this day. It's not for today. Have you ever heard that? It's not for today. Whole denominations believe adamantly that healing and miracles is not for today. Hmm? Whole denominations believe Speaking in tongues is not for today. Hmm? 
Whole denominations believe. Well, no, that's, that's not for today. Have you ever heard that phrase? Yes, not for, see, that's exactly what he was dealing with. They're saying it's not for this day. But go with me, uh, you, you went to Hebrews 3, didn't you? I should have had you stop by on your way at 2 Corinthians. Go ahead and do that. It, it was on your way. You already passed it. But 2 Corinthians 6. 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter. Verse 1. We then as workers together with him. 2 Corinthians 6, 1. Beseech you that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he said, I have heard you in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation, I have succored thee, which means I, I've helped you. What did he say next? Behold. Behold. What does that mean? Look. Open your eyes. Look at. Take notice. Behold. Now is the accepted time. Behold. Now is the day of salvation. Is it for now? Is it for today? Oh, it is. I said it is. I'm so glad I believe it is because I've been enjoying it for years now. I'm so glad I believe that prosperity is for everybody. I'm so glad I believe that the gifts of the Spirit are for today. Miracles are for now. Healing is for now. I believe it. You couldn't beat it out of me with a ball bat. I believe it. I'm convinced of it. Amen. You know, I... I've had the privilege of being able to minister in this area for years. and That's all I did daily for years and years. And ministered in healing schools specifically. And healing rallies and that kind of thing. I've seen healing after healing after healing after healing. And for somebody to tell me, well, that's not for today. That'd be like coming and telling a man that's in the pool doing a backstroke. Saying, ain't no water in that pool. (laughs) I'm wet. You understand? You can't tell me ain't no water in the pool. I'm wet. And a man with an argument and a theory is never going to overcome somebody with experience. No. No. So all things are possible with God and all things are possible with him that believeth. Said out loud, now's the time. Today's the day of miracles, healings, signs, wonders, blessings. Today's the day. Now's the time. In Hebrews, he talks about a day. And you'll see as we read this, we're living in that day. Thank God. We're living in the fulfillment of Scripture. We're living in the end of time. Everything that's been prophesied that hasn't come to pass has got to come to pass. Quickly. I believe the Lord's winding this thing up. I don't know if that's a year or ten or a hundred. I don't know. And the person that said they knew is wrong. Mm -mm. But I know this. Beyond any question of a doubt, we're closer to it than anybody has ever been. Right? We are closer to the culmination and the fulfilling of all things than anybody has ever been. It's a fact. Everybody say this day. This day. He said, verse 7, well, back up to verse 5. This whole passage is talking about the Sabbath or the rest. How many know the Sabbath day is the day of rest? Right? And how many understand that that was their whole big deal? This is the Sabbath day. This is the rest day. Can't get healed on the rest day. Because they were saying, that's work. Now that's messed up thinking. Let me tell you what's work is being sick. But no, you're doing work. You're doing work. And you can't be of God because you're doing these works and getting people healed. And you're doing it on the Sabbath day. You're violating the Sabbath day. He said, what are you doing when you get your mule out of the ditch on the Sabbath day? They didn't have an answer for that. But listen to this. In this place again, the Lord said, if they shall enter into my rest. 
Seeing therefore it remains that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limits to us a certain day. Everybody say a day. A certain day saying in David, today, after so long a time as it is said, today, if you will hear his voice and harden not your hearts. For if Jesus, or actually that, that's the word for Joshua, Yeshua, talking about Joshua, had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains therefore a what? A rest. To the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest. He has ceased from his own works. As God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into the rest. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Verse 3. Back up and read that. Verse 3. For we which have believed. Do enter into rest. Jesus' healing on the Sabbath day is prophetic. Amen? Healing on the day of rest. How many understand you and I are living in the day of rest? What do you mean? It's not the day of works. Is it? We're not saved by works, by any amount of works. What are we saved by? We're saved by faith. What is faith? We which do believe have entered into do you believe you're saved tonight? Yes. How many believe you're born again? You're saved. Your, your name's in the Lamb's book of life. Why do you believe that? You believe you're saved because you're such a nice person? Because no. you've done so many good things? No. Or are you not resting in the finished work yes. of the Lord Jesus? Yes. Huh? Yes. You're not working to be saved? Yes. Resting. In what he's done. How he's paid the price. If you're not resting in that. You're not saved. If you are saved. You are resting in that. Well friend. That works in every other part. Of our salvation. If you can rest. In the fact that he bore your sin. Could you not rest. That he took your infirmities. And bore your sicknesses. Could you not rest. That he bore the chastisement of your peace. Could you not rest that he became poor for you? That you might be made rich. If you can rest in it, then he can do it in your day. If you can rest in it, then you're in faith. Gives him the legal right. Friends, this verse said, let us labor. Verse 11, let us labor to enter into that rest. I know when I was in healing school years ago, I would preach. One week on being in the rest. Next week I'd preach on fighting a good fight of faith. (laughs) And it didn't take much of that until I'm thinking, now hold on. Am I resting or am I fighting? Which one am I doing? And I know the scriptures have to agree. So which one am I doing? And finally I got my answer in that verse right there. Let us labor to what? Labor for what? To get into the... That's where the labor comes. Because you'll be tempted. I'm not just wasting your time right now. Are you with me? This is vital information for people sitting right here right now. What do I do, Brother Keith? What do I do? This is a terrible thing. This is an awful thing. I got this to do with... I got this... What do I do? You must get in faith. Amen. If you want God to do something for you, you got to get in faith. Give him a legal right to do it. How will I know that I'm in faith? You begin to rest. I said you begin to rest. You're fighting the symptoms. You're not in faith. Fighting. And thoughts will come. And feelings will come. And you'll be tempted to stay up and pull your hair. And pace the floor and go, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Oh God, help me. Please help me. And you're working at it. Working at it. That means you're not in faith. You've got to cease from your labors. In the midst of a bad situation, you've got to cease from your intense efforts. And you've got to cast the care of that thing on the Lord. And you've got to believe He's heard you. And you've got to believe He's granted your request. You've got to believe He's bought it and paid for it and given it to you. And you've got to breathe a big sigh of relief and go, All right. It's going to be all right. God's heard me. 
It's granted my request, and I'm going to sit over here and rest. Now, I'm telling you, the devil will come. He'll bring thoughts. He'll bring feelings. Go, oh, you've got, you got to do something. Get up from there. You can't just sit there. What are you going to do? Get up from there and do something. I am doing something about it. I'm resting. And if I can rest, he can work. Everybody say that loud. If I can rest, he can work. But as long as you're a pushing and a, and a plug plugging, you know, prayer can be works. You can stay up night and day and scream and beg and cry and scream and beg and cry and you'd be better off sleeping. Why? Because you're not in faith. Begging and play, working. Oh God, I'll do better. I'll work harder. It's not about you working harder. He's already done the work. He's already overcome the enemy. Amen? He didn't do it for himself. He didn't need it. His victory is our victory. Hallelujah. His triumph is our triumph. His healing is my healing. His prosperity is my prosperity. His freedom is my freedom. Can I rest in it? Can I rest in it? Oh, this is how we're going to receive tonight. We're going to cast the care of these bills over on him. Amen. Now, when you really walk in faith, people will think something's wrong with you. They will. When you really walk in faith, they'll go look at them, smiling like they got good sense. Don't they know that they got all these problems? Look at them, laying over there sleeping. Don't they know that the creditors call 12 times a day? And look at them over there going, praise the Lord. He ain't got good sense. No, you're doing what the Bible said. And now, if you get in faith, you have placed it in his hands. You've admitted, I can't fix this, but I know somebody that can. And as long as I'm trying to fix it, he doesn't have it. As long as I've got it, he doesn't have it. As long as I'm holding on to it, he doesn't have it. But if I can cast the care of this thing over on him and put it in his hands and say, okay, all right, you got it. And I know you can do something about it, so everything's going to be all right. I'm going to go ahead and relax. I'm going to go ahead and lean on the everlasting arms and go, hey, you got it. You got it. This was too big for me to handle. So, hey, you got it. I couldn't. I tried to figure it out and I couldn't. So here, you got it. I couldn't come up with the money, so I'm going to trust you. I know you can get the money. So, so here, you got it and I'm going to rest. I'm going to rest. And you'll be tempted to get out of the rest. Devil will come and say, hey, 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 what are you going to do? You better get up from there and do something. You say, I'm doing something. Shut up. Get out of here. I'm resting. Don't bother me. I'm resting. And you just go, thank you, Lord, for working this out. Thank you. And instead of begging and crying all night, you just lay down in peace and you go, Lord, I worship you. I praise you. I know every bill will be paid. I know you've never let me down and you never will. I'm trusting in you. I'm resting in you. And you just praise yourself to sleep. And you get up in the morning and you say, thank you, Lord. I know you worked on it all night for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, and I'm just going to rest in you today, and you're resting, and you've got peace, and you've got joy. That means you're in faith. That means God's got a legal right to do it for you. Can you say amen? Stand up on your feet, please. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I believe this is the way to minister tonight. I believe this is the way to receive. We're going to cast our cares on the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to, by faith, cast the care of problems over on Him. And uh, I don't care whether it's worries about bills or about marriage or about kids or grandkids. You don't help your grandkids by worrying about them. That's unbelief. You actually, you actually get in God's way. And it doesn't show that you love them because you worry. Now, I was brought up that way. I was taught, if you love somebody, you worry about them. That is one of the biggest lies you ever believed. Worrying never helped anybody. 
You can worry yourself into ulcers and ruin your health and not help anybody one bit. But I tell you what, you can get in faith and that'll open the door wide for God to move in their life and change things. But faith is a rest. Close your eyes. Now don't just do this, I mean do it. Once and for all. Sit out loud, Father God. I thank you that you can do what I cannot. Nothing's too hard for you. And I'm asking you to help me enter into and stay in the rest of God. In the rest of faith. Right now. As an act of my will, I cast the care of all these things on you. Here it is. I throw it off of myself to you. It's yours. It's not mine anymore. I don't have to fix it. I'm asking you. You take it. You fix it. You do it for me. Work it out for me. And I say, from this point, I will not worry about this. I will not fear about this. I will rest. I will rest. I will rest in you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.